I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Live, live, live. with Lee Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Uh, we have received the tape now uh, of the 20-minute address, specifically 19 minutes and 48 seconds, a, a farewell uh, a farewell address delivered by President Donald Trump. Uh, we will uh, play that for you uh, before we wrap up today's program. Uh, I am, though, now honored to be joined by former HHS Secretary, Health and Human Services Secretary, and former Utah Governor Mike Levitt. Governor, sir, welcome to the program. How are you? Thank you. I'm well, and thanks for having me on. Yeah. Uh, listen, I heard you on uh, Fox the other day. You were asked uh, some questions about the vaccine, and you uh, seemed to indicate a position uh, where you feel that maybe some of our initial efforts to prioritize and break the population into groups, prioritized groups, uh, may be uh, one of the stumbling blocks we're facing right now as we you know, have some vaccine on the shelves and not in the arms uh, of Americans. Tell me more about that thinking. There's an old saying in military science that no battle plan uh, survives contact with the enemy. And what they what that implies is that plans are plans, but the reality often changes plans because we learn new things. Uh, I was part, actually, of creating the prioritization uh, for pandemic, uh, the pandemic plan that uh, began in 2006. So I, I have, I understand the process that they went through. I understand why it was noble and thoughtful to say, let's do all we can to make certain we get the people who need it most first. But when you actually start to execute, you realize that it just slows things down and we have a lot of vaccine that's not being injected into the arms of people and therefore not doing the good it was intended to be, we need to change the plan. And it's my view that we need to change the plan by expanding the groups uh, for which it's available and using a, a more aggressive means of being able to get it distributed. Here in the state of Utah, it's recently been announced by the governor that all those 70-plus uh, are now able to receive the vaccine. Has that broadened things sufficient, or should we go even further, do you think? Well, we need to learn from the decision that's been made. If it doesn't uh, produce a more uh, robust and uh, rapid deployment, then we need to change again. We need to iterate as we go. The goal is to get as many people vaccinated as possible, as quickly as possible. 
Have you encountered uh, any attitudes from uh, from governors or, or health departments anywhere that uh, that show you know a, a, an eagerness to go down this very road to uh, open things up and just say, hey, listen, if you've got an arm and you're unvaccinated, uh, step up and we'll take care of you. I think that uh, Governor Cox. Uh, uh, illustrated that point of view by expanding the um, population that were eligible from 70, uh, 75 to 70. I think that was a step. It was a careful step. Yeah. Uh, I think he will and his colleagues at the health department of health will assess how that's going. If it takes care of the issue, if, if, if we're getting it out as fast as we're getting it in, then it will be sufficient. If that isn't the case, then they need to broaden the aperture even more so that the, the, the goal should be to deploy as much vaccine uh, as we are receiving from the suppliers as quickly as it's received. Do you think that, uh, you know, and now I'm looking well beyond uh, just Utah, there are some states that uh, are falling woefully short uh, in terms of the percentage of the vaccine that's been distributed uh, and that which they have access to or at least have ordered. Uh, and there is, you know, something of a hesitancy to change course, uh, you know, mid mid process. And I don't know if that's, uh, you know, pride or, you know, the the natural slow moving nature uh, of government or the slow turning uh, nature. But do you think that those challenges uh, it can be overcome? Will it get to a point where, you know, they're 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 forced to open things up? We should not lose sight of the fact that what we're experiencing is a modern-day miracle. Vaccines created quickly, safely, and now uh, beginning to be deployed in record time. It will require some patience on all of our part. Uh, this is not an easy proposition. It, there will all any time you're trying to um, deploy. Uh, a force to vaccinate 300 million people, it's not going to be an easy task. But we'll get there, and we'll get there faster if we learn and uh, change what we're learning, change what we're doing based on what we're learning as we go. You have, in conversations like this, made mention of uh, the principle of federalism. And listen, believe you me, uh, I understand federalism as uh, as an employee of Congressman Rob Bishop for half a decade. I get federalism. Is there, though, and federalism, of course, being, you know, the autonomy of the states, essentially, uh, to, you know, operate how they will as independent agents. Is there is there a, a threshold where this, uh, you, you know, n- where there is an appropriate role for the federal to government to come in and say, hey, listen, the, uh, the, that prioritization program that you have in place, uh, it, it felt great at the beginning and has worked in the past, but right now reality is just dictating and demanding uh, that we take a different tact here. There's enough for everyone to have a meaningful job here. The federal government has a number of things uh, that they're responsible for that no one else can do. They need to focus on doing those well. One of those is gathering information from the states that are doing it well and sharing it with the states that aren't doing well. This needs to be something we learn from each other. The federal government may have assets that can be ultimately deployed to um, assist. For example, I read that one of the things the incoming administration is considering is using FEMA assets. 
I can't think of any reason FEMA assets couldn't or shouldn't be used. There may even be times uh, when we are deploying, first of all, National Guard. There may be times when we ought to deploy military assets if it does not compromise their their national security role. We have a national crisis. It is clearly a crisis that spans state uh, borders. That is, by its very nature, an interstate commerce or an interstate matter, and that's a, a time when the federal government can logically and appropriately be deployed. Hmm. Uh, sir, I am grateful to you for your time here. We've been speaking with uh, Governor Mike Levitt, former Health and Human Services Secretary and former governor of this great state of Utah. Uh, let me ask you in parting, I have about 60 seconds to go. Give me uh, briefly uh, one thing that uh, is absolutely encouraging to you as you have seen the initial rollout of this vaccine. G- g- give us something to celebrate. <laughs> well, I've already suggested we not ought not to forget we have a vaccine. Uh, and I, I've been involved in actually deploying different services across millions of people in a short period of time, and it's logistically challenging. One thing we can count on is that it will speed up. It will speed up as we learn, as assets get into place, and as people learn how to do their job better. We should have every expectation that this uh, in time will work and that we will see uh, vaccines distributed nationwide fairly quickly. Governor Levitt, thank you so much for your time and your expertise and your insight into this uh, historic issue. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.